millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio. Women's Football Weekly with Fake Others on TalkSport 2. All the action, excitement and drama from across the entire women's game, including the Women's Super League. Clean off the line by Steph Horton. The UEFA Women's Champions League and the Euro 2021 qualifiers. Lana Clellan striking from outside the penalty area. World beating, big match conversation on the station that's raising the game for women's football. And she scores. Women's Football Weekly with Fake Others on TalkSport 2. Welcome to this Women's Football Weekly special and Happy New Year. Welcome back. We hope you've had a great Christmas and New Year as well. We're bringing you today some of the best player interviews that we've had in 2020, including Arsenal's Vivienne Miedemar on a record-breaking season. Yeah, it's, just obviously, it's something special and I'm pretty sure that once I stop playing football I'll reflect back on it and be like, wow, it was amazing and it's pretty good what we, what we and I achieved. Chelsea's Bethany England on how she spent lockdown fundraising for frontline workers. Especially having family on, on the front line, it's nice to be able to help give back a little bit and I thought what better than to, um, to give away something that I think people probably would have, would have liked to have tried having the opportunity to win. And Manchester United's Ella Toon on how Casey Stoney has transformed her performances. She believed in me to, to put me on against top, top opponents and I think Casey's just want her, Casey just wants everyone to improve and she, she'll, she really looks after us and cares about each player and I think for me she's been uh, wonderful in helping me improve as a person and a player. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Fake Others. Hi, I'm Jordan Nobbs and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. So a very happy new year to you. Listen, 2020 wasn't the best for many of us out there, but we always try and be positive here on Women's Football Weekly. And our intrepid talk sport reporters have been out gathering the best interviews with players around the WSL to share with you over the year. Yes, some of them might have had to be on Zoom rather than face to face. However, the content was still the same. So one player who shone brightly in 2020 was Arsenal and Netherlands forward Vivienne Miedemar, who broke the all-time scoring record in the Barclays FAWSL, scoring 50 goals in 50 games. She equalled the long-held record of 49 set by Nikita Paris when she scored twice against Brighton in October and broke it the week after against North London rivals Tottenham, no less. Our reporter Bradley Hayden started by asking her where this achievement ranks in her career so far. 
to be honest, like for me, it was just one of those things that I'm happy to get out of the way and we can just keep building and keep going. Um, I think obviously, like, although I'm still quite young, I've been at the club for a couple of years now. Uh, I've been around for more than long enough. You must get bored of me already. But yeah, it's just obviously it's something special. And I'm pretty sure that once I stop playing football, I'll reflect back on it and be like, wow, it was amazing. And it's pretty good what we what we and I achieved. Uh, but right now, I'm just focused on the next game. Have you thought about what kind of legacy you want to you want to leave? Because you're now going to be considered an Arsenal legend and also a WSL legend as well. Um, no, not really, to be honest. I think, as I said, like I think there's a lot of people busier with it than I am. Um, I just want to, to be the best version of myself and that's on and off the pitch. Um, I'd like to be remembered as and a great player and an amazing team player. Um, and I think that's something obviously you're working working on day in, day out. And um, I hope that in in this season and whatever happens after, um, yeah, I can just keep going and keep improving myself. And scoring goals has been something you've done throughout your career prolifically, even before you came to Arsenal and for your country as well. Where did that kind of goal-scoring instinct come from? Not sure, to be honest. My dad always says it's from him, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, so I think it's just something that obviously like I created along the way. Like As, as you probably all know, I started off as a 10. Uh, I got pushed up as a 9 because we didn't really have an, an another number 9 at national team at that uh, moment. And I think it's something that just came in um, yeah, naturally. Like I, I've never really thought about it. I've never really focused on it too much. I think the type of person I am on and off the pitch is that I'm quite relaxed. Um, I'd like to take my time and, and make the right decisions. And that's how I feel on the pitch. And I think because I am calm, um, I mostly know what to do in front of goal. And, you know, we're talking to an Arsenal legend right now. One of your biggest fans is an Arsenal legend as well in the shape of Ian Wright, who's always tweeting about you online and giving you lots of support. What have you made of, of the support he's given you and, you know, the, the, the whole support he's given the whole league as well? I think it's mostly amazing for, like, a uh, professional, well, ex or professional footballers to... Yeah, to be interested in women's football, and I think we need that way more. I think uh, he's the prime example of of knowing um, that women's football is rising and that it's becoming uh, bigger and better. And obviously, I'm pretty sure his daughters and his granddaughters are playing a big part of it. Um, but it's amazing to have uh, big legends on board with us. And as I say, like even for me as a player, like obviously I catch up with him quite a lot of times at the moment with uh, for different reasons for Adidas, for Barclays. Um, it's nice to have someone to speak to and it's nice to have someone to share your frustrations with some, sometimes as well. How quickly can we expect you to get to 100 now then? In another 50 games? <laughs> no. I'm not going to say that, definitely not. Um, I think, as I said, like my main goal is to help the team and if they, want me, if they need me to score goals, then I hope I can bring that for them and to them um, and if not then I'm pretty sure that I can can help them in other ways and I mean I hope the 100 will come one day but it's still far far away She's so modest, isn't she? Vivienne Miedemar there, Arsenal and Netherlands forward. I don't think it's going to be that far away, to be honest. Uh, Now then, Bradley Hayden's been very, very busy for us and he also caught up with another Arsenal goalscorer, one who's now plying her trade at Reading, though, after back-to-back ACL injuries. It's been a really long journey back to fitness, but Daniel Carter is finally playing in the WSL. 
Yeah, like you said, the last couple of years has been crazy. Um, I've obviously lost time with being on the pitch, um, but I'm just grateful now that, you know, I'm fit and I'm able to to sort of be back doing what I love doing. So, yeah, I'm just grateful to to be able to do that now. Would it be fair to say that you're back enjoying your football again now, that you're back on the pitch too? Yeah, I think as, as, if you're fit and you're on the pitch playing football, um, obviously that that's my job and that's I'm I'm sort of fortunate enough to say that's what I get paid to do. So yeah, mm. I'm I'm definitely definitely happy to be back on the pitch. Um, obviously, in terms of getting back into the swing of things, it's going to take me maybe longer than what I might like. Um, but it's just a matter of trying to be patient with myself and um, people around me just to be patient um, with, with with what I can do. Mm, and obviously moving to, to Reading um, back in back in the summer, what was it that, that made Reading uh, an appealing move for you? Um, well, there's a f- couple teams that I've sort of had a choice of. Um, and in the end, it was just a case of Reading. When I was speaking to Kelly, um, their plans and what they wanted to achieve over the next couple of years um, sounded appealing. Um, so it was a case of obviously I need to get back playing. Hopefully this is the place where I can do that and gain confidence and, you know, just get back in the swing of things. And, you know, so far it's been, been a, you know, decent start. Two wins, three draws, two defeats. I think seventh in, in the table. How would you kind of assess Reading's start to the season so far? Yeah, I think it's been up and down. Um, we probably haven't scored near enough as many goals as what we would like to. Probably haven't got the points when we thought we should have got the points. Um, but I mean, I think that's a reflection of the the league we're in. Um, and like you say, we're, we're sixth or seventh in the league now, but it just takes one win and then another team to mess up and then that changes completely. So um, it's difficult to sort of analyse how we're, we're getting on, um, except for, yeah, we maybe should have got a few more points against a couple of teams in my mind. But other than that, you know, it's a new team. We've got quite a few new players in, including myself. So, you know, these things take time, but yeah, come the end of the season, hopefully we are a bit higher um, and we can reflect on it and, and be happy with the progress. Mm, and obviously, I touched on the injury at the start and I think for, to have one ACL in, in your career is, yeah. is kind of bad enough, mm-hmm. but to have two in, in such a short space of time, mm-hmm. how mentally difficult was that for you to, to kind of cope with, having got yourself back fit after such a serious injury mm-hmm. and then before you know it, you, you're back going through like the same process again? Yeah, I mean, it's mad. I mean, you definitely wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. Um, complete bad luck. Um, both were contact injuries, so it could have happened to anybody at any time. Um, just li- literally, there's bad luck. And there's not necessarily anything I could have done differently. It was just, it was meant to be, it happened. Um, but yeah, dealing with that mentally was, was, was tough. Obviously, the second time it happened, I knew I was in my last year of my contract at Arsenal. Um, so was sort of that was more difficult to accept, knowing I wasn't really going to be able to sort of play for a new contract. Um, but yeah, so so that that was difficult to take uh, mentally. But you know, it's happened, um, and then it's just a case of trying to stay strong because I didn't, I wasn't going to give up. Um, so it was just a case of how can I get back? How can I uh, sort of get back playing and and enjoy my football again? Mm, and uh, I think that's that's really fantastic to hear that you never thought about giving up because some of those positions. Oh, to be, no, I, I did. I definitely did think about giving up in the beginning. Um, but like I've said in other interviews, credit to my my old physio um, and SNC coach in particular. Uh, definitely, my physio got me through it. And then it was only o- over the months. It was a case of yeah, hundred percent. I'm going to put everything into this rehab again, and then come out and because it's unfinished business. 
And, and obviously, when you mentioned there, you know, it, it did cross your mind. What's it kind of like in that situation when you're kind of thinking, you know, I'm, I might not be able to play again? Yeah, it, it wasn't more so I wasn't going to be able to play. It was just the, the case of I've done the rehab. Um, I know what's to come. Um, I know how long it is, how mentally draining, how emotionally draining it is. Um, and where it happened so soon after it afterwards and in the case of I finished the season I've done a full pre-season felt good um was like flying in training and then it happened again it was just a case of just deflated um so yeah I mean in the beginning wasn't wasn't really thinking about the rehab it was just a case of couldn't really believe it happened again um and then as it settled as time passed it was a case of well you know, I've got, I've got to get through this, got to get through the rehab again and then hopefully get back to doing what I love. And obviously, you know, you mentioned there about, you know, you weren't able to earn a, a, a contract extension at Arsenal because you, you were out injured for that last season. How disappointing was that for you to, to end your kind of time at Arsenal in such fashion? Because, you know, Arsenal, until then, Arsenal were you, you, you the main club you'd been with for such a long period of time. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, to be fair, even when I did get injured, I wasn't necessarily thinking I wasn't going to be at Arsenal next year. Um, I mean, especially on the back of the injuries that I got and how it happened, etc. So when I actually did get told I wasn't going to be there next year, that also sort of cut deep. Um, it was in it was a period of time when I was sort of able to sort of go on the pitch and my rehab was progressing, but then I got the news and then it sort of deflated everything again because it was a state of the, un the unknown uncertainty. Um, but yeah, no, obviously massively disappointed with how it ended. I um, feel like the last two years, obviously, I wasn't able to contribute on the pitch. Um, so I definitely feel like there was, or there is unfinished business. So Reading forward, Danielle Carter there. Unfinished business. We shall wait and see what she can bring in 2021. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Others. Next up, we're heading to Manchester, where we'll hear from United's Ella Toon and City's Ellie Roebuck. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Rothers. Don't forget, if you miss any of our shows or you want to listen again on our podcast, it's available on the TalkSport app, so you can download it today. Just go to our podcast section. Now, this is an interviews special edition of Women's Football Weekly, and we're sharing some of our favourite interviews from the past year. So next up, we hear from Manchester United forward Ella Toon about how her manager, Casey Stoney, has been helping her change her game and how lockdown is partly the secret to her success. I think lockdown really helped to be honest. I think I really took the time to work on a lot of things that I needed to work on and I think I've come back a lot stronger and physically in a better shape than I was last season to compete with top teams and top players and I think yeah obviously in training I try and stay out on the grass as long as I can until someone tells me to get off which is annoying but I just want to keep improving and if that's doing extra bits after training, then I'll I'll try and do that just so that I keep playing and I keep improving and I keep uh, making an impact on the pitch for the team. And obviously United have a fantastic start to the season. And I think recently the result that really made people stand up and take notice was the victory over Arsenal that a certain someone scored, scored the winner <laughs> in. So, you know, you must have watched that goal back so many times recently. Yeah, I did watch it quite a lot, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a special moment for me in my career, scoring against a top team like Arsenal. Um, 
I think a lot of people underestimated us quite a bit as a club. And I think looking back last season, we, we dropped points to top teams just by like a narrow defeat. And I think it's been massive this season to take points off big teams and obviously then to, to score the winner against Arsenal. It was, it was special for me. So hopefully we can keep improving as a team and keep getting points on the table. You mentioned there that you think perhaps people have underestimated United a little bit there. I mean, the WSL this season has been really, really close. I mean, as well as yourself and um, Chelsea and Arsenal and uh, City being up there as well. You've also got Everton who have started really well as well. You know, does your start to United start to the season show that perhaps you're, you're, forced, you're a real force to be reckoned with this season? And is there a real belief that you can really challenge this year? Yeah, I think we all believe that we can challenge this year. I think we've got a lot of belief in the in the squad and that's down to Casey. She puts her belief in us and we go out on the pitch and, and perform and, and get points. And I think this season's been really exciting already. I think any club can take any points anywhere. So I think for us, it's just about mindset now and making sure that we take each game as it comes and, and we keep trying to get points and, and keep improving as a team. But so far, it's been good. And you mentioned Casey Stoney there. What, what sort of impact has she had on your career? Massive. I think just that she believed in me. Um, she believed in me to, to put me on against top top opponents. And I think Casey's just want to, Casey just wants everyone to improve. And she, she'll, she really looks after us and cares about each player. And I think for me, she's been uh, wonderful in helping me improve as a person and a player. And you, you were at Manchester United um, during, the, during the time in your early stage in your career as well. When you look at how far certainly the women's side has come, what, what's kind of changed in the, in the last few years, do you think? Yeah, obviously when I was there, there was nothing to look up to when you were younger. There was no women's team that you wanted to progress into, so it was difficult. But I think now everything's just, just right. They've timed it right and, and they just wanted to do everything bigger and better than any other team and it's it's great and it's it's also so good for the girls in the academy to have something to look forward to and look up to and they now have a have a goal and that is to play in the United women's team so yeah United have done everything right and I think the timing that they did it was just perfect as well and yeah they, they're really supportive and yeah it's um we're making history and I want to take you back to, you know, the start of your career as well. And for those who maybe don't know so much about your story and, and, and much about, you know, your, your previous uh, career or your career so far, how, how did you kind of get into football when, when you were younger? Well, my dad used to take me and my brother down to the local football club and it was where, like, all my family were. My uncles used to play there and now my cousins play there and my brother plays there and... We've just been, we just go down every Saturday. I still go down now. So when he used to take us down, I was the only girl playing with all the lads at the side of the pitch. And I just think we used to play football for hours and hours. And since then, I've just loved football and I got into it and I played for a girls team for a couple of years and then straight into the United set up for seven years. And it's just gone from there, really. And when, when you were when you were younger, when, you know, in the early, early stages of your career, is there any particular player that you looked to kind of model yourself or there was anyone that you kind of aspired to be when, when you were younger? I always just used to watch Ronaldo. I remember I used to go on the laptop and like 
go on YouTube and watch videos of him like doing skills and then I go in the garden and practice my skills so yeah I always looked up to Ronaldo and I still do now I just think he's the best player in the world and his work rate as well and just how much passion he has for the game I just really wanted to take that into my game. Mm. And obviously next week you're you're away with the England squad obviously for the second time now, this is the second time you've been called into the squad. You know, how, how proud a moment was it for you when, obviously, unfortunately, you didn't get to play due to the current situation and there not being any games at the moment for England. But how proud a moment was that for you to, to receive that first England call uh, a few weeks ago? Oh, it was unbelievable. Um, I weren't really expecting it. So when Phil rang and told me, I didn't really know what to say down the phone. Um but yeah, it was a, a special moment for me and my family. And I think it's something that I've always ever wanted to do. And since I was little, my, my aim was to play for England. And hopefully soon that will come and I can make my senior debut. But for now, being called up to the camps is, is really special. And it's a really proud moment. And uh, hopefully there's many more to come. And if and when you do get that opportunity to step on to the pitch in the first, for the first time, with the England jersey on, how, how would that feel and where would that rank in, in terms of your career? I think that would be the proudest moment of my career. Um, like I said, when you're young, that's every girl's dream to play for England and to be a senior lioness. And and I'm just really grateful, grateful for the opportunity and I hope um, in 2021 then I'll be able to make my senior debut. But for now, it's just about keep working hard and hopefully keep getting the call-ups. But yeah, it'd be a very special moment for not just me, but for my family as well. Manchester United forward Ella Toon there speaking again, of course, to our intrepid reporter Bradley Hayden here on TalkSport 2. And from one lioness to another, no, not Bradley, a different one, from Ella to Ellie. It's Ellie Roebuck, Manchester City's sensational goalkeeper. Her performances for Manchester City have helped her secure a place on the shortlist for FIFA's Best Goalkeeper Award. She didn't win it, but Bradley Hayden caught up with her to find out how she's been keeping her feet firmly on the ground. Knowing myself, I'm quite demanding of myself, but sometimes I do kind of sit back and think, like, I should be kind of proud of what I've achieved um, this far. So I do sometimes, but I'm always striving to be better and better and better. So I think that's just my mentality. Um, so hopefully more and more of that to come. But like I said, I just keep pushing and kind of want better, I want more medals. And I think obviously I'm at a club where hopefully we can achieve that. And obviously, as a young goalkeeper, I can imagine it's quite daunting stepping into what was an experienced team and still is an experienced team at this moment in time. For you as well, coming into that, that the, the senior environment, you know, getting thrust into the spotlight like what you did, how important was it for you to kind of experience professionals like Steph Horton in front of you in defence and, and more recently someone like Lucy Bronze as well? Yeah, definitely. I think obviously everyone knows how good they are and, and what they're capable of. So for me, it was it was almost comforting to know that I had them on my team um, at the time. And I think just just kind of you look in front of you and you think, all right, we're all right today, we'll be all right. Um, so I think it's just reassuring as anything. And then obviously, as the years have gone by, I've grown more and more into the position. And obviously, I've had more and more experiences, which I can kind of fall back on which is nice um, and I think like, I look at myself now and I've got really quite a lot of experience in games and a lot of games under my belt for my age so I'm in a fortunate position so I think if I look at that and just kind of take each game as it comes then I've always done that so it's something that's worked for me so far so I, I wouldn't necessarily change 
but yeah, it's always nice to look around and know who you've got around you, and it kind of does put you, kind of reassures you. And stepping into the team, you've kind of never really looked back, really. I mean, how pleased have you been with your own form? Yeah, definitely. I think stepping into the team, obviously, my aim when I joined this this club at 15 was always I wanted to be be number one. And and obviously, naturally, as a, as a goalkeeper who's English, you, you always want to play for your country because it's, it's the biggest honour. So it's always something that I've aspired to, to do. Um, whether I expected it to kind of come as soon, probably not. But I think... Once I've been given the opportunities, I've taken the opportunities and, and really built on on it game by game. And hopefully season by season, I'll just keep getting better and better. And and I think I'm in the perfect environment to keep improving and, and working hard. The support we have around us is massive. So I don't think I'm in much. I'm in a great place. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for what the future has to hold, really. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I know the, the team is a big part for you, but yourself winning the inaugural Golden Glove last year as well. How pro- proud a moment was that for you? And where does that kind of rank in your, your career so far? Yeah, definitely. I think that was that was a really proud achievement for myself. I think it was the first one as well that, that Barclays, obviously, as the official sponsors, has kind of done so. So to win that for me was was a big achievement and I really enjoyed last year. Um, it was kind of my first year I got a real consistent run of performances and, and I was really confident, obviously, going that it kind of got cut short because I think we could have potentially gone on to challenge for the title, but things happen for a reason and, and obviously this year we will look to bounce back and do what we can. But yeah, like I say, I'm really... It was a huge achievement and, and something now that I can kind of aim to build on and hopefully win year on year is, is the aim but I think yeah I was really it's a credit to obviously my defence as well like we had a really good year so I think it reflects nicely and it's one for the trophy cabinet definitely. Whereabouts is that sitting at home is it is it pride of place? Yeah it's on the it's on the mantelpiece in my living room um, I think my mum and dad wanted it at their house but I've I've stolen that they've actually got they've actually put claims before I even played the FA Cup final it was like if you win this one, then we want that one um, on the on the living room wall. So I was like, fair enough, you can have that one. But yeah, the Golden Glove sits nicely at home for me um, as I'm watching TV every night. A little nice little reminder. <laughs> That's not a bad thing to send to your friends on WhatsApp or Instagram or whatever. Nah, uh, but you mentioned the FA Cup there. I mean, you know, you played at Wembley a couple of couple of weeks ago. You know, winning winning the cup final. I know, you know, perhaps it wasn't, you know, the, the experience that you perhaps sort of wanted without the fans being there, but your first time starting a cup final at Wembley, yep. what was that experience like for you? It was unbelievable. I think, I don't even think the fact that fans weren't there, it didn't really take the shine off it for me. It was something that I think personally I've waited for for so long and growing up, the FA Cup's always been a big part of, especially I love watching football. So I think for me, that's always exciting. I've always, as a kid growing up, um, I'm a Sheffield United fan, so I've always loved going to the FA Cup matches and, and kind of watching the success of that because it brings so many good stories. So for me to be able to play at Wembley and obviously represent this club and, and finally win my first, like you say, my first medal as, as starting in a cup final was something I'll not forget. And I don't think, like I say, I don't think whatever happened, nothing could have taken the shine away from that. So, yeah, I was mm. really, really happy. And Gareth Taylor in charge this season at City. What's it been like working with him, and how how does he kind of di- different? How's he different from uh, Nick Cushion? Yeah, I suppose it is different, but in many ways similar because the club obviously has the same values and beliefs and and principles of play. Um, I don't think 
it, it's a secret that we like to play football and, and play nice football. I think Gaz has just kind of implemented his own his own kind of spin on that. And it's been really interesting to work under someone different for me personally, because I've never worked under a different manager, obviously, to Nick um, in my career. So it's nice to kind of have that kind of freshens it up, brings new ideas. And I think it's really positive. And I think now people are starting to really sit back and see that that we're clicking as a team and, and implementing the style of play you want. Mm. And obviously, what, what's the aim for City this season? I mean, with the squad at your disposal, is there a real belief that you can kind of win it this year? Yeah, definitely. We want to win everything. We want to win everything every year. I think that's the mentality of the club right through to the academy, through to the men's first team. I think this club wants to win trophies. So I think that that's always going to be our aim and, and we'll do that game by game take each game as it comes and, and reflect on that when it comes to the end of the season and the outcomes really. But I think we're always really positive and confident in our ability that we can really, really go all the way in every competition. And obviously the, the the league this year is much tighter. Obviously United are up there at the minute. Everton have had a good start to the season as well as yourself, Chelsea, Arsenal as well. How tight do you think the league is going to be this year? Yeah, the league's getting stronger and stronger every year, I think, in my opinion. Like we've dropped points to like to Brighton and Reading and that that's not not because we played bad that's because the league is naturally getting stronger and stronger and and these teams will take points off off of the the so-called bigger teams so I think in anything can happen and I don't think the league will be decided by Christmas I don't think the league will even be decided by April to be honest with you I think it'll really go down to the wire because I think like you say all these different teams can can really take points off anyone to be honest. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. Those were the thoughts of Ellie Roebuck sitting down to talk to our reporter, Bradley Hayden. I'm Faker Others, and if you miss any of our show, you can catch up by downloading the Talk Sport app and subscribing to our podcast. Just search Talk Sport Women's Football Weekly. Now, coming up on the only dedicated national radio show for women's football, we'll speak to Chelsea's Beth England and Izzy Christensen of Everton. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Ruthers. And yes, it was a hell of a year, 2020, wasn't it? And we're looking back on some of our favourite interviews from Women's Football Weekly. Chelsea and Lionesses forward Bethany England was one of the breakout stars of the 2019-20 WSL season. And she spoke to Bradley Hayden of TalkSport 2 about how she coped with things off the pitch. Bethany, thanks for joining me. Um, Firstly, let's touch on what you've been doing. You've raised over £1,100 for the NHS through auctioning off a pair of your your match-worn boots, the ones that you scored the two goals in the Conti Cup final against Arsenal as well, which we'll touch on a little bit later on. Can you just take me through the idea of how how you raised that money and where where the idea came from? Basically, my... My mum worked um, frontline with the NHS at Sheffield Northern General Hospital, um, trying to tackle the whole virus situation, making sure sorry, everyone's um, getting all the test samples done and things. And I just thought, like, it's, they, they need as much money as they can to help get through it. And I know people keep saying it's not a charity and it should be funded through the government and everything, but every little bit helps, and um, especially having family on on the front line it's nice to be able to help give back a little bit and I thought what better thing to do than to give away um or try and raffle off something that I think people probably would have would have liked to have tried having the opportunity to win that's why I didn't want to do an auction I didn't want it to be or whoever can afford the most money obviously it's a a testing time for a lot of people um and I wouldn't be expecting people to just be throwing out big lumps of money just for a pair of boots so this is why um, it was open, where you could donate as little or as much as you want, just win, with the, the chance of winning the boots. And obviously, um, like I did a, a random selection on um, the winner. It wasn't, it was just completely random, random uh, way of doing it so that it was fair for everyone to be, who, who took part in it. And yeah, I'm just astonished really at the response it got, helping raise that much money and it's going to a good cause. And we mentioned the, the Conti Cup success at, at the start mm. there. And you, you scoring the two important goals in that game as well to help Chelsea lift, lift, the, lift the trophy at the end. I mean, a fantastic occasion for you and a fantastic occasion for the club as well. Where, where does that, that victory and that whole moment rank in, in your career so far? Oh, God, yeah, that's definitely up there. Um... I think that's that's the first um, proper title I've really won with Chelsea uh, or in my career. I, I won the Spring Series with Chelsea back in 2017. But um, this was a trophy that we've never won as a club before and everyone was very adamant on uh, making it a priority this season as well as wanting to do the treble. Um, so we knew that this is the competition we've struggled in and that we were, we were definitely going out to win. And um, yeah, definitely up there in terms of my career highlights. But... I have to give a lot of credit to my teammates for helping us uh, win that game because, well, first and foremost, there's two reasons why I think we won that game. One, and Captain Berger in goal, who probably put out the performance of a lifetime in that game. The unbelievable stops that she made um, throughout that game kept us in it because we, when we went when we went one nil up, sorry, um, we were under the cosh quite 
a lot from Arsenal. They were applying a lot of pressure. And yeah, Anne's performance that day, I think she was the real hero for that. And then secondly, the willingness to not give up. And I think you've seen that a lot this season from our team is how even when even if we go 1-0 down, we always manage to find a way and we've kept finding a way this season and the resilience to bring it back. And yeah, like I say, the second goal, a lot of it came from Sam's hard work down the wing, um, muscling off the defender, Marin's busting run from right back to get up in that position. And thankfully, I was just in, in the right place at the right time to tap in at the back post. Um, and lastly, And lastly as well, you know, 14 goals and four assists in the WSL this season for you. Would you say this has been your, your best season so far? Without a doubt, yeah. Chelsea and Lionesses forward Bethany England there. Always a pleasure to talk to on Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Now, there are so many great players back playing in the FAWSL, including Everton midfielder Izzy Christensen, who's worked her way back from a really tough injury and even got a recall to the England squad. She's been reflecting on the journey it took to get here with Bradley Hayden. Yeah, I feel like I've been probably one of the most patient people in the world with regards to making my debut again for Everton. Um, yeah, it's been really frustrating since signing in January, but I mean, it's all been part of the process and I wouldn't t- uh, change any of it for the world because I know it's made me stronger and it's made me hungrier to play for the club. And yeah, I'm just obviously delighted to be Touchwood fully fit and um, able to contribute towards the team post obviously mm. the, the pandemic that we've had. Mm, and I want to take you right back to the, the start of your career now. And for those who maybe don't, so, don't know so much about your pathway, how did you get into football when you, when you were younger? And during those early years, did you, did you have to balance, you know, training with, you know, a, a job as well, like many others have, have done uh, during the early years of their career? Yeah, I mean, early back in early, early years, uh, I was inspired uh, to play football by my older brother and our friends in the village that we grew up um, in. We grew up in a very kind of remote place just outside Macclesfield. So we had a very tight knit group of people who used to play together um, out until it got dark on the old school field. So I just I feel like that's how I'm playing at the moment. And it's ironic um, that that's the case. But um, yeah, definitely. I've, I've experienced a fair share of challenges trying to juggle a job alongside my education so that I can afford to put petrol in the car to to get myself to training and fulfill the the ambitions and to fulfill a dream that I didn't really know existed which was to be a professional so obviously for young players growing up now and and getting into the game there's a very evident pathway that they can become a professional footballer Um, whereas when I was growing up there wasn't that vision so I always had to have that kind of half an eye on uh, a job and a career and I wanted to become a teacher um, and I was at the time I was earning money working in a local restaurant and, and cafe and trying to fund put my all my wages into into petrol to get myself to and from training so yeah I've, uh, I wouldn't change those days for the world because I know they've made me really kind of grateful for the opportunities that I've got now and um, I feel like I'm a very humble person I'm my own biggest critic but obviously enjoying a, a really exciting spell at Everton at the moment and um, really excited the fact that we've got so much to look forward to and, and one hell of a season coming up. What what was the restaurant that you worked in called? <laughs> it's a strange name it was called Maggoty Johnson it was like a bistro in uh, Bollington just outside uh, Macclesfield. And what, what, what did the easy what would the easy then who was working in in the restaurant what would what would you think of the player that she's now become now? Proud I guess um proud that I dug my heels in and just carried on pursuing what my 
my hobby was essentially at the time um and I was getting better and better I was playing for England youth teams and again I just kind of had to keep half an eye on earning money and making sure that I had money in the bank to to fulfill training demands and get myself to strength and conditioning sessions back then I mean when I was 16 years old 17 18 I I didn't know that obviously strength and conditioning would be a, such a big part of, of being a professional footballer. But back then I was putting foundations in place for something again, which I didn't know existed and got a huge thanks as well to my family and um, for supporting me and, and taking me to training when I wasn't old enough to drive. And there's just so many kind of ups and downs that I've had. I remember timing myself on old school, on the old school field, running around for four minutes, timing myself on my dad's watch when I was younger and just doing all of those sessions setting out cones and now it's obviously I'm playing for my country I'm playing for Everton in the in the WSL and playing an FA Cup final at Wembley next weekend I, I couldn't ask for any more mm. and obviously coming back to the WSL this year after a, a period away with, with Leon how, how has the WSL I mean changed since you competed in it last and what was it that, that persuaded you to come back yeah, I think you could feel like when, when I was abroad, I could feel a kind of a storm brewing and that the WSL was going to start making big, big strides towards becoming the best league in the world. And I mean, I put my neck on the line here. I think it's the best league in the world now already. And this season's not even finished yet. So I think obviously to come back, there was a huge pull to be part of that, to be part of the growth of the game in England, which is where I'm from, uh, where I was born. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, I think we, we're just experiencing the best that the league's ever been. Um, it's only going to get better. Um, who knows what could happen in the future in terms of the, the amount of teams competing in the league. And yeah, it's an exciting place to be right now, the WSL. And it, it, the time at Leon as well, there's quite a growing contingent out there, or there has been in, in recent years. You know, you were out there with Lucy Bronze and perhaps Alex Greenwood as well. Nikita Paris is, is still over there at, at the minute. What was that experience like for you over at Leon and, and winning the treble there as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously amazing in terms of winning the Champions League with Leon, uh, winning the domestic double, um, obviously being part of a, of a squad which is is the most, well, I think it's got the title, is the most successful women's team in the world, uh, just consistently winning like a well-oiled machine. And I think to be part of that functioning machine was, was extremely... Uh, I was honoured to be part of that team and I think I contributed towards the success in uh, in the moments I was there and obviously I'm very proud of myself for going out and making a massive sort of move out there and um, experiencing life abroad, being away from family, friends and um, yeah, yeah, I was a little bit homesick, I'm not going to lie and I, I wanted to come home and, and get back into football, the, the WSL and obviously being back in the North West with Everton is is where I'm from, familiar settings and I'm really, really happy now and um, yeah, thoroughly enjoying my time uh, with Everton in the Northwest. And you, you've spoken quite candidly about, you know, you, the problems you've had with injury before as well. How, how important was it to, to have someone like Jordan Nobbs, so I know, you know, you know, you know quite well through playing with for England as well, and you've come up against her many times for Arsenal. How important was it to have someone like her to, to go through the same experiences with as well? Yeah, I mean, me and Jordan, we've played pa parallel with each other for the for pretty much most of our career to under 15s at England until now senior level and obviously we've always been at separate clubs we've always been good friends and um, obviously yeah Jordan's had a, a pretty tough time with injury as well uh, her injuries that she sustained were worse than mine obviously I really feel for her in that sense and um, yeah obviously it's, it's part of the game like I think it's easy for footballers to say our oh, injuries are part of the game but you actually really really mean it when you do go through those experiences and I can actually sit here hand on heart and say they are part of 
being a professional footballer you never ever go through your career without having a hiccup at some point if not multiple times and it's just literally part of the experience and um getting through it the mental and physical battles that you go through you knock down doors each day um there's days when you don't want to you don't want to go in you don't want to work hard and you just have to find find that inner strength and injuries were part of the game and obviously Jordan's been through her fair share I've obviously had my fair share and I think everyone has and it's like I said it's just it's just the experience and you got to take it on the chin and, and move on. Love hearing from Izzy Christensen of Everton and England. Fingers crossed for good things for her in 2021. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others. If you miss any of our show, you can find our podcast by downloading the TalkSport app and searching for Women's Football Weekly. Next up, we save the best till last and the best is bronze. Lucy Bronze. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others. We hope you've enjoyed our look back at our favourite interviews from 2020. And we have time for just one more for you. As I said, we saved the best till last and we have to end our best interviews of 2020 with the best. Lucy Bronze, winner of FIFA's Best Award for 2020. Here, the Manchester City and England defender is discussing what it felt like to actually win that award. I'm not really a fan of individual awards, but I think, you know, being the first English player and and being a defender, you know, ticking those kind of boxes off makes me really proud to know that I've shown other people, you know, the capabilities, uh, what, what you can do, what you can achieve. So I think I'm kind of more proud of the people that are kind of I'm representing uh, when I win these awards, when I get nominated, you know, representing defenders. You know, we don't always get the limelight. So I think that was quite special, especially being that it was being nominated alongside Wendy Renard, who's yeah one of my favourite players in the whole world. The standard of women's football's just gone through the roof, really, and the players that are getting nominated, the players that are performing on the big stages. It's just getting crazy each year. The people are popping up and, you know, Pinnell Harder and Wendy Renard, either one of them would have been just as deserving as myself of, of the award. Two players who have been exceptional, you know, over the past kind of five years. I can remember playing with and against them both. So I'm definitely very proud to, to kind of be up there alongside the best of the best. This award for me is felt more like an accumulation of successes that I've kind of had over previous two, three, four years, uh, coming off of a a decent World Cup last year, winning the Champions League multiple times, uh, being fairly successful with England, being successful with Lyon, coming back being successful with City. Um, I think it's just an accumulation of constantly being part of successful teams and, and doing well. I sit there and think, what can I pinpoint this year? But, you know, there's so many people that, could pinpoint similar things and have done, you know, Wendy Renard has played the same games that I played this year. Um, she's won the same trophies that I won for Leon this year. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's just, you know, coming so close last year, being nominated again, I was thinking, oh, I'll, I'll not win it again. If I've not won it last year, I won't win it this year. It's quite nice because it feels like it's not just for this year. It's been, you know, a lot of hard work over the past few years. Sometimes I maybe strive for goals that I think deep down I'm thinking this is not possible, but I'm going to go for it. I believe in myself. I'm going to work hard as possible and and try and get myself to the top, try and get myself in these good positions. You know, my aim is never to win the best awards, but I obviously want to be the best 
I don't care about being known as the best. I don't care about the title, but I want to be the best at what I do. I want to, every single thing, whether it's in training or games, I want to be the best. I want to win. Um, that's always been ingrained in me. So I feel like a young Missy Bronze would have been very happy to to kind of take that challenge upon herself to try and be the best. Um, and actually, funny enough, pretty much all of the previous winners have all messaged me last night to congratulate me, which is really nice. Um, but all players that I've looked up to throughout my career. Um, so it's kind of surreal for me to, to feel like I'm kind of up there with them. Um, you know, my name's on that plaque forever now. My name will be there for the rest of history now. So I think that's, I, I don't think I've really thought about that until you've just said it now. But um, that is kind of crazy and kind of exciting. And to be alongside players, you know, Marta, Marta is someone who's won this award. And I won the same award as Martha. Like that's that's crazy. That's someone who was just when I was younger, it was just incredible. Um, so it, it is kind of scary to think that I'm kind of in and around those names now. But maybe in Christmas when things settle down and that's probably when it'll sink in or and you know the new year comes in, I can think, wow, 2020 is the year that I actually won They're like the best player in the world. Like it's not crazy. crazy, Lucy. It really isn't. This world might be, but you winning the best player of the year certainly is not. And we cannot wait to see what you can do in 2021 with the Olympics coming up and Team GB. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks to Vivienne Miedemar, Danielle Carter, Ella Toon, Ellie Roebuck, Bethany England, Izzy Christensen and Lucy Bronze. And special thanks to our producer, Flo Lloyd-Hughes and reporter, Bradley Hayden. As ever, though... Big thanks to all of you for listening. We wish you all the best for 2021. Next week, Women's Football Weekly will be back with our regular show, 6 till 7 on TalkSport 2. And as ever, if you miss any of this show or you want to listen back to any of our lockdown specials from last year, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.